If you're a woman seeking a safe space to hear genuine conversations about faith, family, mental health, and life as a modern day woman, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Desiree Ofori podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Desiree Ofori podcast, where we are helping Christian women discover and embrace confidence in both faith. I am so excited to have, I know I say this every time we have a guest, but I truly am excited about all our guests. And I think that's, that's something good to be, <laughs> to be said. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, here's another person. <laughs> no, I'm, I always try to bring you the best of the best whenever I have a guest on the podcast. And so today we have Laura Hernandez, the Laura Hernandez <laughs> of mamasystems.net. Welcome, Laura, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. This is going to be so amazing. You all, if you didn't already read the description, I'm sure I've had a little bit about who she is, but Laura is a mother of 10 children, you guys, 10 kids. <laughs> she went from four to 10 kids in a matter of a four-year span. So we're definitely going to be talking more about that and some other, um, a couple other topics that I feel like for this audience, especially since we have recently transitioned this podcast into really focusing and niching down for Christian women, that we are going to be speaking of some, you know, biblical principles and some things that are going to help us, not just as mothers, but as Christian mothers. And I'm just so, um, I'm just so elated to have Laura as our first guest to speak to this. So again, Laura, thank you so much. If you would like to inter um, introduce yourself and let the audience know who you are, we'll do that and then we'll get into the episode. Perfect. Uh, so yes, my name is Laura and we do have 10 kids. And it was actually over a six month period where we went from four kids to eight kids. We had just had our fifth biological and we moved across the country to adopt a sibling group of three. And so it was like, so it was all of this chaos just planted in our laps. We we're in a rental house. We purchased this house and we're remodeling it and had these three kids that felt like complete strangers that somebody just dropped off. And we're like, oh gosh, we got to take care of these people. And what we didn't know at the time is that the three of them had special needs. And so it just was a whole lot. Um, it was a whole lot. We were definitely in survival mode. And I finally was like, hey, we can't live this way. Like there's things that want to be pouring into my kids and being intentional with my kids and teaching them and training them and all those things. And I did not have space or time for any of that. And so I finally was like, okay, we got to figure out something. So I started reading books and listening to podcasts and blogs and all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody had anything for our family. I know that's shocking, but nobody had written a book on, hey, you just moved to a new place. You have eight kids under the age of six, and we're going to teach you how to put systems in place in your home. Meanwhile, while you're homeschooling, public schooling, therapist in and out of your home, like all the weird things that our family was dealing with, nobody had done anything for that. I know that's shocking. So we, I was like, well, I just got to figure it myself. So, you know, I kind of like to think of it as just like dumping all the pieces out on the table for a puzzle, right? And then you kind of start sifting through and finding all the border pieces and all those things, right? So just finding out our foundations and like what really mattered to us. And then also kind of all the things that we were doing that didn't really matter to us. And then starting to bring structure and systems to our day, into our week. Um, and then from there, I realized that, oh my goodness, there's so much peace to be had when you have those systems in place. And when you put intention behind what you're doing in your home, and when you can run it almost like a business where you're in charge, you're the manager of the home, 
and you get to help your kids really thrive and you get to teach them and train them in the way they should go. And fast forward a couple of years, I had a moment where I was just sitting on the chair and, you know, kids are bathed and have their pajamas on or watching a show and the house is kind of picked up and cleaned up and I don't have anything to do because everything's been done already. And this is not because I'm some great super mom. It's because we've implemented all these systems and we have help and like all the things, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, it feels like magic. Like, I feel like I've figured it out. Like I need to share this with other people. And so uh, Mama Systems was born from that, which is my coaching company. And I get to coach moms and help them bring systems to their home so that they can have customized systems for their home because no one system fits all. Like hands down, if I gave you what we do, it would not work for your family. And so figuring out all the niches of how God's created you, your gifts, your abilities, your challenges, all of those pieces, and then your kids as well, um, and then creating systems for their home. So that's me. Amazing. And if you guys are listening, if you're not multitasking at the moment, because <laughs> I know most of us when we're listening to podcasts where we've got multiple things going on at the <laughs> same time, but you can definitely go check out her website, mamasystems.net. And we'll talk more a little bit about that and where all the places that you can find her. But if you want to, you know, check in on that while we're talking, um, just to get more in-depth information about Laura, you can definitely do that. She offers coaching, um, online courses and um, resources for uh, moms who have children with special needs. So she is a wealth of knowledge and we are so blessed to have her on the podcast today. So one of the first things that we wanted to talk about was um, when it comes to parenting and like you were saying, understanding your God-given gifts and um, every child we had talked before we started this episode, we had a conversation about how every single child is different. <laughs> and yeah. You have a, a big range of children from, what are the ages again? Youngest is three and our oldest is 17. Yeah, so that's a big range. <laughs> I only have two and they're pretty pretty similar in age. Um, one is four, will be five this summer and my oldest will be eight next month. So they're roughly around, kind of around the same age. Um, but I definitely have seen from the beginning that they have two separate different personalities and one is I mean they're both passionate in their own way <laughs> mm -hmm. one is more sensitive and more emotional and I don't say that in a negative way just he's just more in tune with being you know intuitive and sensitive um, with what's going on with other people what's going on with himself um, and when it comes to even, especially God, I know that that's a God-given thing, his discernment. He doesn't understand that it's a gift of discernment that he has, but he definitely has that. And then my other child, um, he is more like assertive and like, let's go. <laughs> and I am the leader and his, his name is Kingston and he lives up to his name. He is the leader. <laughs> He's the king of the place. And so both of them, when it comes to like, parenting them I have to I have similar approaches for both of them but I also have to know like this technique or this approach may not work for this one and as it will will for the other one and vice versa and I've also come to discover that when it comes to like their faith walk as well even though they're very young um, like I said my oldest he is very um, intuitive and has that spirit of discernment and he is just um, very gifted in that way and so it wasn't a surprise totally to me when last month, April, he decided to have, um, to accept Jesus, to be the leader of his life. 
um, we had a prayer um, at home. <laughs> he had came to the room. My husband was already off to church. Um, his, my husband works at the church, so he was already gone. And it was early morning, Palm Sunday. He comes in the room. He had a nightmare. So me, I'm I'm the same way, very like intuitive, discerning. Nothing to me is just surface level. I'm like, there's always something deeper. <laughs> there's always something deeper to this. <laughs> so the dream that he had, I was like, oh, I know what that is all about. And so we talked, I talked to him and his brother finally had came into the room. So I talked to them about, you know, the name of Jesus and the power that's in it. I mean, we go deep in our house. <laughs> At least that. I do. We go deep. And so long story short, he decided to give God, you know, his life. We did a little kids devotional and he decided to give God his life. And then he was able to do his first communion on Good Friday. And then I found out at the end of the month that the church was going to be having baptism. And of course he wanted to do that because he's so mature for his age. And when you ask him, like, why do you believe in God? Like he has, you know, great answers for it. So I know that he knew what he was doing. Now, his little brother, when baptism came and we were coming down the stairs and we're seeing people getting baptized, he's like, I want to do that. I want to do that. We're like, well, Samson's going to, he's like, that's what Samson's going to do. And we're like, yeah. He's like, I want to do that. He cried the entire time because he saw people getting in the water and getting dunked and he wanted to do it. <laughs> I love that. I was like, how do we explain <laughs> when you get older and trying to like help him to understand that process? So um, how would you go about like having a three-year-old to 17-year-old? How do you go about bringing in Jesus and helping them understand like all of these principles, in, you know, at an age appropriate level for them? And if you want, we can start, you can start with like a generalized statement and then we can break it down from like age or grade levels. Yeah. So I think just starting as young as possible and talking to your kids about Jesus, just very matter of factly, he's mm -hmm. our friend. We love him. He adores you. He loves you so much. Just explaining the basic principles of, of God, just very matter of factly. And I think that the more we talk about him in a way that's, this is just what we do as a family. We worship God. I think the more, um, more our kids feel comfortable with that. And so like some things that just, you know, when we're outside looking at the birds or we're looking at butterflies, I'm like, isn't God so amazing? He created all these things. So I think, I think often we kind of get caught up in the like, okay, it needs to be a sit down devotional. We need to have this structured time. Right. But just anytime that we see the hand of God, just saying that out loud and saying like, look how God provided for that family. Like they needed a car and he provided a car. Isn't that so cool? And showing them the power of prayer. of like, Hey, you know what? I pray for this. And the Lord showed up today. He delivered. He promised me he would, and he delivered. And so just continually talking to them about the things that are going on in your life and how God is using you and how God is showing you who he is, um, I think is just a beautiful, a beautiful thing because they just get familiar with him and get to know him through you, you know? Yeah. And I love that you said that, that they get to know him through you because they are watching you <laughs> yeah. and they listen to what you say, but they take in so much more of what you do. Like you are a walking example for them. You're the walking Bible for them. So you could say all day, don't do this, that, and the third. But if you're still doing this, that, and the third, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to what she said. I'm going to do what she does. And um, something that God showed me as I 
um, recently as I continue to improve and grow in my faith or even mental health and my wellness and taking care of myself, that's going to naturally go on to my children. They will also be able to grow and develop in those same areas that I'm developing in. So I love that you said that, um, that they, you know, see him and learn him through, through you. So what would you say for, let's say, preschool, elementary age? And I know preschool, elementary can be <laughs> a big gap, but what would you say for that, for that group? Yeah, um, I think it's a, a lot of the same, right? Just the continually talking, you know, I think on the road, when you lie down, mm -hmm. you rise up, right? So the continual talking about God's goodness and his faithfulness, having things in your mind where you like, so for me, whenever I see a sunset or a sunrise, if I'm up that early and they're with me, I'll say, oh my goodness, isn't God faithful? Every time we see the sunrise and the sunset, like he, he's provided another day for us. Like just having little cues in your mind. So I see a sunset, I think of God's faithfulness and how he's good to us. And if my kids are with me, then that's coming out of my mouth, right? Um, just to, to remind them of those things. In regards to like sharing the gospel, I think those questions will definitely come and we can talk about um, our sin and how, how we need forgiveness and how we need his grace. And just the reminder that none of us, none of us has it figured out. So when they screw up, just entering in that space and just saying like, hey, you know what, it happens to all of us. We all sin, right? So just kind of getting those principles in just as you're talking to them, I think the more that um, scripture just kind of invades our lives, it it just can't help but come out, right? Like, right. It, but not in a condemning way, but in a Jesus way, in a, in a grace-filled, compassionate way, um, where we can show them how great his love is for us and his grace for us. And what about for middle school age? Because they're beginning to feel more independent and almost like, they're almost at that age of, you can't really tell me <laughs> what to do. And they have a lot of different influences beginning to that, whose voices are becoming much bigger than yeah. yours and what's being taught, taught at home. Um, how do you go about that with the middle schoolers? Yeah, something that we've really realized the importance of recently. I think having our kids around Christian friends as much as possible. So in youth group um, with other believing families, I think is so key because I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, I feel like I've, I've taught you all the right things. And then you're hanging out with this person and you're like a totally different person. And who are you? And it just is, you know, bad company corrupts good character. It happens so stinking fast. And you're like, what? I don't, I don't know. And so you can teach them all the right things. And then that mm -hmm. moment, is, and I'm not saying that you can protect them from all the people in the world. And, you know, the Lord will use us those times as well when they, when they stray for a bit. But um, I think just that, those good friendships and praying for those good friendships for our kids that will encourage them and, and sharpen them and spur them on to, to love like Jesus, I think is a huge thing. And I think a really great way to do that is through service together, like serving with other families, serving with your kids, serving like your kid and a friend, like bringing them along. I think that that binds us together in such a beautiful way. So we have this vulnerable experience of being able to help somebody. And then we have it with someone else who's kind of on our team, you know? Yeah. I never thought about that before, serving with other families. So they're not just seeing what mom says, oh, you should do this. And where it's just our family. They don't feel like, oh, it's just us that 
does this, but when they see that other family groups dynamics are also doing it together, it builds kind of a sense of community also. Yeah. And it helps them to see, like, I know one time I did a play date with a friend and <laughs> she said something to her kids. And my son was like, my mom says that all the time too. <laughs> and I'm like, see, <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was really good. Like I opened it for him. Like, oh, this is not just something that mommy does or like our family does. Like, this is something that everybody else, but other families too. And we're not weird or you know you know outcasts or anything like that like this is also natural for other families as well so I think that's really beautiful um and a great idea to serve and do things with other families having group you know family play dates even <laughs> have the yeah. whole family together and I think finding those like-minded people that like so our kids don't get bones until they're 15 and they feel like they're the only kid in the whole world that doesn't have a phone but I know of two other families I'm like oh they don't have a phone yet like mm -hmm. that has been so life-saving because we're not the only quote-unquote weird ones that aren't giving our kids devices at age 10 right mm -hmm. um we're waiting until you're a little bit more mature and so just doing those things differently than the culture does can make our kids feel isolated and alone and like they're the only ones and so having someone come along with you and walking that journey with you I think is huge and such a big key to bring in friends that are that are christ-like yeah love it okay and now how about high schoolers they are pushing the edge getting ready to move out of the home in a couple of years or in a year and you've done all you can as they've grown up um what would you say for them now they really they really are embark embarking on independence and doing and they are independent you know and at some point they're going to leave the home and do their own thing. So what would you say for, you know, high schoolers, how to reach them? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is what I'm in the trenches of. It's so stinking hard and trying to figure out like the line of um, being grace-filled and creating that independence and then also still being a parent. Like it's just, it's tricky and it's hard. But the things that I'm being shown right now and this you know, I'm not through it yet. So I, I don't, <laughs> we don't know the results of this, but I think just listening and giving space for the questions and giving space for um, the hard and kind of the figuring out what, what I believe and what, like just all the values in the world that are thrown upon them, that they need to think such a way, they need to do this in, a, in certain ways. And so kind of giving them space to figure those things out with grace um, I think is the best way to move through that is what I'm being shown. And I think in that there's so much room for us to have a relationship. And I, I feel like that's the most important for us to have a relationship because I've already taught like my oldest, I'm like, I already taught you everything that you, you know, <laughs> right. You know what I think about these things. I'm probably not going to change your mind. Like all of that's over. We've closed those chapters. Mm. So sad and heartbreaking. Well, at the same oh time, my gosh, yes, <laughs> right. There's no more time. Um, but last night we um we had a shooting a couple miles from us, mm. um, at a at a mall, and my daughter's like really having a hard time with it, and there was like a a gun threat at her school. Mm. Day. So there's just a lot of emotion there, right? So yeah, she's uh very upset, very like this whole, I mean, two whole families just destroyed 
And just the questions that were coming out, I'm like, those are normal questions. Like God's not scared of your questions. Yeah. Like, control of all of this. And it's okay to be confused and angry and to feel all these things. And so I think giving space for all of that, where they can process and really work through all of their emotions without being yeah. judgmental, without shaming, without shutting down, without saying like, you don't ask that. We don't, we don't question God and what he's doing. We don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. I think just giving space for those things. Cause God's so, he's so big. He doesn't yeah. care. He's got this, you know? And if anything, he wants you to ask those questions Yeah, because I, I find that a lot of times people will try to answer, have answers for everything and you can't, you literally can't. Yeah. And I'm really having that real realization um, more recently that, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I don't know, I can always say, I don't know, but God does. And I encourage you. <laughs> to pray and, and ask God to show you, give you examples, make it clear to you what he thinks about, you know, these different issues or these questions that you have, um, because you trying to figure out an answer for them might totally go way off <laughs> from what God wants answered for them. And sometimes your answer may be a bit over their head and, or not the right time for that type of response. Yeah. But, you know, God knows the perfect timing and knows what to say and knows how to reveal those answers to them. So I strongly do believe in that. Like, let's let's ask God about it. Let's pray about that. Um, and I think, I know you said you're testing this out right now, but looking back as a teen, when I was a teen, having, if I had more opportunity for my parents to just listen also, just to know that I can talk to them about anything and not feel that judgment. I think that would have led open for more opportunity for me to have like build this even stronger relationship with them and not feel like I had to go find the answer somewhere else. I'd rather my kids feel comfortable. Like I don't mind them, you know, going to trusted people for, you know, things. There may be things they don't want to talk to me about. That's fine. But I would always hope that I would be one of the first people that they would consider talking to because they know mom's not going to judge me or she's not going to overreact <laughs> she might be upset but <laughs> she's, yeah. she's not going to overreact about it and she's going to give me space to like let to express what I'm experiencing or what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking and just that having that space to even if you don't respond back just to be that listening ear so that they can process and even in the midst of them talking they God will, you know, pray within yourself, like Holy Spirit, start to move. And God might start revealing those answers to them as they are talking. And they'll be like, oh, but you know what I think? And that Holy Spirit starts working <laughs> with them. And you didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's you amazing. The space. You just created the space for them to do that, to process and for the Holy Spirit to work. So I think that's great. I think that's great. Keep that line of communication open. So as you were talking about that, um, we had talked about it before too. You know, you said that chapter of I've taught you everything that I know. You already know how I feel about certain things. And as they are moving out of the house, going off to college or, you know, going off on their own, there is that fear that we do have, like, are they going to continue doing everything that I've taught them? Or are they going to be influenced by something else and completely go the opposite way. And I know for me, when I first became a mom, I was 
reading a lot of blogs and articles and watching videos and listening to all the gurus and stuff. And I think I came across one that said that if you don't, as far as like behavior, if you don't get them by the age of three or five, then, you know, that's it for the rest of their life. And I'm like, oh my God, freaking, like, I have to figure it all out by the time he's three. <laughs> and, then, and, you know, with kids, like every, as soon as you figure them out, like they change and they've gone on to something else and their, you know, development has changed. And so I finally had to come to the point where I realized like, you know what, I'm not a perfect person. I'm still figuring out life on my myself. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to figure it all out for them. And I just have to pray, God, like fill in the gaps for me, whatever I miss, like, please fill in the gaps because I can't reach it all. I'm not their savior <laughs> and I'm only human and I can only do so much. But um, even with that, you know, God filling in the gaps, what do you say to the parent that feels like I'm afraid that they're not going to follow in our footsteps or I'm already seeing signs that they're not going to do, you know, what's right according to, you know, the will of God for their lives. What do you say to them? Well, to that very last question, I would say, <laughs> we don't know what's, we don't know what's God's will for their life, right? Mm. Um, my goodness, just the sovereignty of God and how he uses our screw-ups and our waywardness to bring him glory. Like that's, that's everything. Like that's, my salvation, right. Is yeah. I think that had I not been humbled in the choices I made as a high schooler, um, I wouldn't know the grace of God and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be walking in freedom right now because I, I have experienced the grace of God. And that's a beautiful thing. I think way more powerful than doing all the right things all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I we've been struggling. I know that I shared this with you before with one of our one of with one of our kiddos and their behavior and, and just getting to a point where I was like, I don't understand. Like it does not make sense to me where like how are you making these choices right now? Because like what what did I do wrong here? What what I followed all the rules. We taught you the Bible, we taught you la la la. Like I've prayed for you constantly. I don't know what I did wrong. And um, it, I mean, it was a big struggle and I was talking to my counselor about it and she said, you know what I want, I want you to think about, she said, first pray and ask God to show you, but I want you to think about how, if the God of the universe has children that stray from him and he doesn't consider himself a failure, why are you mm. thinking you're a failure? Wow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's a good thought, <laughs> but it still wasn't like, that wasn't like, oh, oh, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. Like it didn't sink in really. So the next night you go to bed, wake up and I don't, I don't know what to call this. It was kind of a dream, but then it was kind of awake. And then I don't, I don't know, whatever it was, I feel like it was the Lord. And he said to me, I will bind you together and I will burn away the dross. And dross is not a word I use on a regular basis. I don't know about you. Like, I think there's that one no. song dross <laughs> in it and that's it. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, well, I know it's a Bible verse. Like, let me look it up. So I go to look it up and it's in Isaiah one and it's later in Isaiah one. But before I get there, read Isaiah one, two. And the verse that jumped out at me was I raised children. I raised them well. And still they departed from me. And I was like, okay, God, like I, I hear you. I hear you. And then fast forward like five minutes when I'm done reading my chapter, I close that up and then pull up my book to just spend time reading this book. And this book came to me from Amazon 
it was made first or like somebody ordered it in a different city, but it came to my house hmm. um, and it had been sitting on my, it had been sitting on my coffee table for quite some time, like over a year. And cause I called Amazon. They just said, just keep it. So I was like, oh, so been sitting on my coffee table. I had just like two days before started reading it. So I started reading the next chapter of this book and she's talking about how X plus Y doesn't always equal Z. And like, you can't do just the right things for your kids to have the outcome that you want. Like, that's not how it works. And then she quoted the Isaiah one, two, I had children, I raised them well, and still they departed from me. Um, and obviously in that verse, God's talking about Israel, but mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful picture of, yeah, you're the best father ever. And yes, if you raise kids well, then yes, like who am I to think that my measly parenting would have this perfect outcome, right? Like I've yeah. got nothing. Um, and so, I mean, that just, it blew me away and freed me up so much just to be able to walk in that freedom that I didn't do something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not on me. I can't like the other piece that I was like, I, I want to figure it out so that I can change it and do it right with all these other kids. Right. Cause right. <laughs> you know, these other ones and it, it was just so freeing to just be able to walk in God's grace in that and for that sweet gift that he gave me. And I think of the scripture that says like, teach them in the way they should go. So when they get old, they will not depart from it. It's like knowing that all of those seeds that you've planted are within them, no matter if they choose to follow it or, or not. And um, another thing that you said about like, you know, salvation, the grace of like your mess ups and things, decisions that you made and look how God has still worked out, you know, your life to be what it is today. So it's like, it's disheartening, like, oh, I did all of that for what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but know that it, there's still purpose in it. Like you still did good. You did what you were supposed to do. And nobody could say that you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And at the end of the day, you know, they're individuals. They have to make their decisions on their own. Um, they have to follow, you know, the intuition that's within them and hopefully, you know, Holy Spirit speaks louder than all of the influence of the world for them. But like, all you can do is do the best that you can and continue to pray for them that God will keep them. And um, I know like I, I grew up in the church, born and raised in the church. My grandfather was a, a founded churches within the Caribbean and everything. So when I, you know, had my experience of falling away and questioning like, is this all really real? Like it would feel feel like to me like what do you mean if it's not really real like this is what you've been you know bred into and, and all of this stuff but I had to find it for myself and experiencing God you know even through my mess ups and through you know valley experiences and whatnot those experiences are what really rooted you know my um, faith and my belief in my relationship with God like I had the foundation there but I wasn't really rooted it wasn't until I had those experiences that allowed me to like really put teeth into it and like, hold on, like, yes, this is, this is right. And this is for me and God is for me. So be encouraged, <laughs> not just for you, but for anyone listening who is going through that now, um, no matter what age your kids are at, whether they're, you know, young toddlers are going through like the, the terrific twos <laughs> <laughs> or the trying twenties. <laughs> just know that whatever that you've spoken into their life and continue like you said living by example um they would eventually find god knows how to to get 
you know, get his own. He knows how to find him. He knows how to reach him. And I think that's a comforting thing to know also, like they're not out there on their own. Like God, God is, he loves them even more than we could. He cares for them even more. And he knows, I love what you said. Like, we don't know God's will. We think we know God's will for their life because of their interests, but we have no idea the magnitude and the intricacies of like his destiny for them. So you just got to trust God. Like, you know, I know you're after them. You, I know you put them in my, in my, you know, my family to steward them and to take care of them. I did what I can, I'm giving them back to you and you do what you have to do. And, you know, I'll be there for you when you're, when you're ready and when you need me. So be encouraged, moms, be encouraged. <laughs> I love that. So our last topic is going to be about um, how we nurture peace in our home with all the chaos that's going on in the world. How do we create, cultivate, and nurture peace within our home um, when there's so much going on outside? Like you said, with the shootings, like that, uh, you know, obviously is going to affect your family because it's affecting the children, those who understand what's happening. Those conversations are going to be, you know, brought up within the home. How do you keep and harness peace in the home when there's so much going on outside the home? How we have approached this. And I guess what I have found to be true is creating rhythms and routines in our home that are expected. And I think that having special needs little buddies that thrive on routine, where you can see that freedom in them and the safety that's built in them when they have that routine and they know what's expected, um, has been huge. Because in fostering that for them, you've been fostering obviously for everyone else too. And uh, my heart is that they would know what's coming in our home. And not that we can plan everything and have everything like go exactly how we have planned. I know that never happens. Hear me. But if so, at dinner time, we have, uh, we'll sit down for family dinner. We all know that's a priority, right? Like in our home, we all know that's a priority. And my, my goal during that time, like the intention I've set during that time is that we're going to do highs and lows. And this is very, very simple, but there's a lot of intention put behind it. And so each person goes around and says their highs and lows for the day. And then they say how they're, how it made them feel. So the goal here is that everyone gets to talk and everyone is listening to them. Like they have a moment in their day. I realize this probably happens a lot in other people's homes, but just in our home, not everyone in our home is listening to one person talk. And so having that time where they know that they can speak, they can have voice to share what they're feeling and how their day was and the emotional IQ words that um, are more than just happy or sad, but that are, it made me feel frustrated or I was really disappointed or I felt really creative when I was doing that. And being able to connect those things will help carry over into other conversations throughout your day where you can connect with them and understand what really what's going on with them. And so, I mean, it's just a very simple system but everyone knows that that's what's expected in the evening time, right? So that's just a simple way to, to create those rhythms and routines in our home where we know what's expected. There's intention behind it. They know that it's a safe place. They know that they're dearly loved. And I think that that is just the most precious gift we can give to our people in the chaos of the world. That's so good. I know 
I only have two, like I said, and sometimes they're like, oh, I want to speak. You're speaking too long. You're talking too long. <laughs> so I can only imagine with a much bigger family how important that is to be able to, everybody has their moment to speak and feel heard and listened to and not just like, oh, okay, they're talking, but like being intentional about listening and giving feedback. I think that's really important. That's yeah. really important. And now what about, I know the burning questions for moms. <laughs> how do we you know, cultivate peace for ourselves when there's so much going on, you know, within the home, you know, there's stuff going on outside the home, but within the home, there's so many moving parts and things that we have to have our mind on. It takes a lot of brain power to be a mom. Um, so many things that you have to think about. Um, how are we able to find peace? How have you been able to find peace and keep it consistent in your home? Yeah. So I think it goes back to just knowing knowing what you value and what you want to be spending time on, which, you know, we've got to stop for a minute and think about those things because most moms live such reactionary lifestyles. They go from thing to thing and they don't have a minute to even think about what do I really want to be doing? What do I want to be bringing to my kids? What do I need for self-care? What do I need to be studying or reading or learning or not doing right now? Right. Um, a lot of times that's saying no to things and that can be hard because we have this great FOMO in our society, right? We don't want to miss out on anything. And so we'll sign up for everything, but then our lives are so busy and so chaotic that we don't have time to just be still and just to listen to our kiddos. And so I think assessing those things and realizing all the things that you're already doing, realizing the things that you want to be doing or the lack thereof, you know, mm -hmm. goes both ways. And then um, figuring out systems to put those things in place. And I love to think of a system as anything you can like automate, like get off of your brain power, right? So I know everyone is talking about decision fatigue and all of those things all the time now, right? Like our invisible load and all of that. Um, we as mamas, well, I think we as moms make a lot more than 35,000 decisions a day because we're making decisions for all of the little people too, but the typical person <laughs> makes 5,000 decisions a day. And so if we can start to just chip away at that and decide, you know what, I'm going to have my coffee in this chair every morning. And while I have my coffee, I want to read my Bible and I want to journal. And so I'm going to have my Bible and my journal and my pen and everything I need to make that happen at this chair. Mm -hmm. That eliminates me. Where, where do I sit? Okay. Well, there's a cat there, so I can't sit there. Okay. What do I like all of the little decisions in the morning? First thing I know exactly what I'm doing. The coffee's already going to be made because we've made it the night before. So I wake up, there's a hot pot of coffee. The house is picked up because we have our chores the night before where everybody's kind of cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I go sit down, have my everything right there where I need it. And I'm able to spend time with Jesus. And so just having those little simple things really sets you up for success. And of course, there's going to be interruptions and there's going to be things that happen. But I find I'm much better able to handle, I don't know if that's proper English, but we're going to go with that. <laughs> I could handle it better whenever there's less going on with me when I'm not just reacting to everyone. It's like, ah, yes, you can eat. Yes. No. Yes. I, ah. Like it just is so much. And so like, even just having a chart with what snacks they can have. So you can just point to the chart and they know, there you go. This is what you're doing. Having Alexis and Google home and all the things that yes. like help them, <laughs> help them help you remember things, set timers, set alarms. So that way you're not always like looking at the clock for what, what do I need to do? What needs to happen next? When do I need to pick them up? 
like we just have reminders going off all the time in our house for different things. And it's so great because it's off of me, you know? I totally agree with the Alexa. I I became a big timer person when they were much younger. Um, like, okay, you've got two minutes. All right, in 10 minutes. And, and instead of me having to continuously look at the clock mm-hmm. because I would get distracted and then, you know, time goes by um, being able to have that and set it and forget it kind of a thing. Um, just like a crock pot, right. <laughs> yeah. just that just helps so much to take that, that stress off of your head. Like, okay, there's another thing that I have to remember to do. Um, that's really, really helpful. I love that. What about, um, with, when it comes to like spending time for ourselves and finding those moments of like, there's no children around or just, have you ever had that um, found that that was difficult for you to do to find alone time for yourself to have that quiet time? Yeah. So I think in different seasons, it's going to look different for every mama, right? So if you're, if you have a newborn and you haven't slept all night and you have a toddler climb in your bed at 6am, like, oh my goodness, there's just so much grace there. And your quiet time may look like turning on praise music while you put dishes in the dishwasher. And it's more of a, it's more of a spiritual mind like focusing on Jesus than it is like a whole body experience right Uh, of like reading and journaling and all of that and so I would love to just give permission just to embrace the season you're in and ask the Lord to show you what that looks like for right now like how you can rest in him on a daily basis having little reminders around the home to do so um, like little cards with scripture or whatever, like that you need to put up so that you can remember to rely on Jesus as your parenting. I've recently, this is, this is a new thing for me. So I don't have this down. I haven't been doing this for 40 years. This is new, <laughs> but I realized that in the morning, just all the things that I want to do before kids get up. And it's about an hour of time that I need to do all those things. Like I want to read a chapter in a book. I want to read my Bible, I want to journal, and I want to write a letter. And so if I want to do all those things, I need to wake up an hour before I need to get kids up. And so kind of working backwards from there, um, for us, kids get on the bus at 645, they wake up at 630. So I'm waking up at 530. And I didn't just one day like 530, let's set the alarm. So it's slow, like, okay, five minutes earlier, five minutes earlier every week, right? Um, setting several alarms because I'm really good at just hitting the button and rolling back over. But if I have an alarm back to back to back, along with the snoozes, then I'm more likely to get up. And I realize that sounds a little absurd, but having it go off for three times where I haven't turned it off yet, I have yet to sleep in past my alarm. So (laughs) I love that, especially the embrace the season that you're in, because I know when you're a new mom and trying to figure out your, your routine and even if you have a newborn and it's just, it just turns everything upside down. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. I have to figure things out all over again. Even if I'm a veteran mom, you know, newborns, they have their own thing going on. They have their own schedule. So you have to kind of be flexible and adjust. Um, so I love that you said like, just giving yourself, um, are you just giving us permission to embrace that season, that season that we're in? I know um, for me, what helped was having a little devotional that was short and sweet and got to the point and um it had like a quick little humorous um because it was written by it was mom's night out there was a a movie called mom's night out but um they had a devotional that actually went with it as well and the devotional was written by a christian um comedian so (laughs) who was also a mom 
So I'm like, I need something light. I need something funny. I don't even know how I came across the devotion. I was like, I need something light. I need something funny. I need something quick that helps me to still feel connected to God. But yeah, I can still, you know, go about my day and not feel like I have to like have the hours of time, you know, to do this. And so um, I will link that in the description. So if you're interested, you can check it out. I always tell moms about that because I was such a great, it seems so like what? But I mean, I, trust me, like it brought me through. <laughs> it really helped, really helped me with my first. Um, and then what would you say for um, like parents who have like older kids now? I'm sure that it's much easier. You know, they may be having their activities or off to school. So having that alone time might be a little bit easier. I'm, I'm assuming I'm not quite there yet, but <laughs> I'm assuming that you may not have to wake up as you know early or there's other parts of the day that you can do that. Yeah. So I think it depends. I mean, there's so much in that question, right? Of yeah. <laughs> all the things. No, it's okay. I just, um, I'm like, well, then the mom might have gone back to work, right? So she's getting mm. up early to work and there may be, so I think just figuring out, looking at your day and saying like, Hey, where do I have an extra 15 minutes? where do I have an extra five minutes, right? It doesn't have to be anything long or profound. Like we can create space in the small spaces. Like I'm going to pull up my Bible and read for five minutes during my lunch break, or I'm going to have this verse sent to me. You know, there's, there's an app for everything, you know? Yeah. And so having, <laughs> having those things just sent to you automatically in a text message where you can continually um, be reminded of scripture and of his goodness and faithfulness to you. Um, one of the devotionals that I, I read kind of in my last, my last baby season was Jesus calling. And I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, it had a little verse and then just a short little devotional, but then we would also during this season when I was homeschooling and I wanted my kids to learn to start, like, I, I never did a Bible curriculum. Like I, I think I was the one homeschool mom that was like, oh, we're not creating that. Just couldn't add another thing. Right. And so I finally was like, wait, 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 I kind of want to do that. So we just did the Jesus calling for kids, um, during our morning, our morning time. And that was such a great thing because it had the verse, it had a devotional. So I would read those things, but at the bottom, it had a few other scriptures to look up. So I'd have each kid look up the other scripture. And so that was just a very simple, very simple, like practicing using our Bible, talking about what this little devotional means. Um, and it really, I think it really blessed our family. Well, Laura, is there anything else that you would like to share with the moms to encourage them before we close out? I would love to share um, a little self-care guide with your mamas. And it's so great because it helps you think about what self-care looks like for you um, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, carving out that time for Jesus in the morning. If that's, you know, he's what's filling you up. We need that. And so, um, and it, it doesn't have to be in the morning. Please don't hear anything legalistic about anything that I'm saying. Like it does not have to be this way. Um, but this will help you kind of figure out what you need, create a plan for it, and then give you the courage and kind of words and ideas how to ask for it. And so I um, would love to share that with your mamas if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll have um, a link for that, all of the information for everything that we mentioned today will be in the description bar. So definitely go check that out. And Laura, again, thank you so, so much for just sharing your heart, your expertise, um, even being vulnerable and transparent. Like I'm in the trenches right now, but this is what I'm trying. <laughs> and just being open and honest, like that's what we love on this podcast, just the, um, the authenticity and the genuineness of 
letting other women know like you're not alone you're not the only one that doesn't have it all figured out <laughs> we yeah. are all figured out together and we just share the tips and things that we've learned along the way that may be able to help you so definitely check out her website mamasystems.net where else can people find you yeah on instagram and facebook at mama systems pretty easy awesome pretty easy awesome all right laura will you lead us out in prayer today i would be honored to um jesus thank you for these mamas that are listening right now thank you for who you created them to be and just all their uniqueness and their children's uniqueness and thank you for the kids that you have put in our care we know that they are yours and not ours we know that we will screw this up and we will mess up so often and so we do pray for you to just enter in and fill the gaps you show us show us how to parent each child I pray that you continually remind us to pray and ask you for help. God, we need you. We need you so desperately. In this broken, broken world, God, our kids need you. I pray that you would help us show them their need for you. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this time. I pray that nothing that was said here today would become a hard and fast rule, um, but they would know your grace around all of this, that you're not expecting anything perfect from them. You just want their hearts. Jesus, we love you. My goodness, we love you. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies, until next time, stay well and be blessed. Bye. Okay, one more thing before you go. If you found any value to this episode, please don't just keep it to yourself, girl. Spread the word. You never know who needs it too. So what you can do is screenshot this episode and post it to social media. Don't forget to tag me at Desiree Ofori. You can share the link with someone special or give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Like I said, you just never know who else needs this. So thanks so much for your support. And until next time, be blessed.